Good morning, Chair City Church. How are you? Hey, I'm Dave. Good morning. The pastor here at Chair City Church. So glad you joined us. Uh, wow. So there's this question that uh, kind of hangs around, lingers around, I think, most of our minds. Um, am I enough? Am I enough? Pops in and out. When we are reviewing our lives, pondering, thinking, reflecting, you know, am I smart enough? Am I healthy enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I handsome enough? You know, am I well off, rich enough, successful enough? And this, I, I think this is where a lot of our insecurities are birthed from. And this way of thinking fuels our insecurities. Um, and the reason that I, I propose the reason we, we often have these thoughts, am I good enough? Now, you might not say it exactly that way within your, within your thoughts, but it's the culmination, the sum of, of, many, of, of, of many of these similar thoughts. Am I good enough? And the reason this is kind of a continual kind of narrative that, that goes on in our head is because deep down inside each one of us, we know we're not good enough. And everybody said, yeah, Dave, man, that's just great. We give you this nice, enthusiastic applause, and you come out here, and just bam, you know? And the same thing like the last time you're up here, worship team's playing, it's exciting and jumping, and you come out here, and yeah, this is a great series. But I told you, you see this series through, and you will live out a beautiful life in 2019, right? Uh, you know, I mean, listen, it's true. You, you are I mean, think about it. If that was it, right? If the answer, if that was it, to fulfill that question that I, I need to be good enough, and, and this is my life that I'm continually thinking, am I good enough? Then that in itself is depressing, isn't it? But to know that you're not good enough, right? But that's why we have Jesus. That's why we believe in Jesus. That God sent Jesus to die in our place. And in doing that, in giving his life on the cross, he puts us in this position to know God, to search ourselves, to see who we are truly in light of a loving, living, and a holy God. And then in, as all, all that is taking place by the power of God, Holy Spirit, filling us, dwelling in us, working through us. So yes, we are not enough, but Jesus is enough. You need to, Jesus is enough. You, you really need to let that settle in here. And, and it's not easy because you're so accustomed to this other way of thinking. Am I enough? Am I enough? How do I become enough? Where am I not enough? It, it, it's really how you're functioning. And that for I say Jesus is enough, it's easy to kind of just, just deflect that, not absorb that. You are not enough, but Jesus is enough. So this is the gospel. Jesus is enough. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And believing in this truth transforms our lives, transforms our relationships, gets us out of stuck. Now, so when you notice this question popping up, am I enough? in this relationship. Am I enough here? When you, and, and if you slow it down, you will hear these words in different ways coming up. Your answer is a quick and a firm no. 
rather than wrestle with it, rather than let it spur other negative thoughts, rather than let it create certain things within you, rather than you begin to combat and deal with it in the way you know how to, to manage that, manipulate that. No, now you just say, no, I'm not enough, but Jesus is enough. And that will begin to bring healing. And that will just begin to bring an inner strength in you. Jesus in me is enough. And, and Jesus is... Now, this goes against the culture, does it not, right? And right out of the gate, this is an against the culture message. Jesus was countercultural, then and now. I'm not against culture. We leverage culture. But we enter into culture saturated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus teaches the way to security is to navigate and get through our insecurities. Jesus teaches that in order to have life, an abundant life, we must have death first. Jesus teaches the way to abundant life is self-denial, self-deprivation, if you will. Again and again, the words and the teachings of Jesus drives us away of what is common and popular in our culture. And that's why we're doing this series. That's why we kicked off 2019 with this series. You see, we talked about in the very beginning what, what is beautiful? Because we all have a different view and opinion about what's beautiful, right? What is beauty? Last Sunday night, there was over 150 people in this room. It was a ton of fun, very exciting. Now, out of 150-something people, there were four people who were not rooting for the Patriots. That I'm not kidding you. I, I went to all the tables. I got four. All, as God would have it, the four who did not know each other before that night were sitting like inches from each other. Like, like, really, they each one were at a table, like, right next to each other. So they kind of made it a, a good chorus amongst themselves. You would have thought it was more than four people, right? Now, to them, that was not a beautiful game. It just simply not. But if you were a Patriot fan, that was a beautiful thing to see. A little unnerving for a while, but it was a beautiful thing to see. Now, some of you are wondering, was I one of the four? I was not one of the four. I did, as I told you, root for your team, right, you know? And you are so excited about that, you don't deserve six Super Bowls, so there you go. <laughs> but you do got it, you're right. <laughs> See, now you're just getting just common things for you, right? Just, yeah, you used to, it's no big deal. But God, God does have a depiction of what beauty is. God has planned out and designed for us what a beautiful life is. And it's different than what we would kind of come up with and again not that culture is bad culture is ingrained in us culture isn't ingrained in, in in me dave the pastor at chair city church and we really want to be very aware of to where we how we do not work the culture into our faith but work our faith into the culture right and jesus calls out hey this is what a beautiful life is and the way we're proposing he does that in the bible is you've got what's called the Beatitudes, found in Matthew chapter 5, uh, amongst Jesus' words, a, a famous Sermon on the Mount. And then you got what's called the fruit of the Spirit, nine characteristics of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. So you got nine Beatitudes, nine fruit of the Spirit. If you haven't been around church, hang in there. Uh, we'll, I'm going to make it make sense for you before it's over. But, but really, you've got these nine characteristics of who you are and what, it, and what comes out of who you are. And when it does come together like that, it's a beautiful life. You are living out a beautiful life as you follow Jesus and just take day to day. Now, we're going to jump in today. We're going to jump into the third beatitude and the third fruit of the Spirit. 
We're going to be going to Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. We'll put it up on the screen. And then we're going to go to Galatians 5, 22. So Matthew 5, verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And in Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is peace. So the word meekness is not a commonly word used, right? I mean, you don't hear it often. It's so, I really distinctly knew it stands out before I came into faith. Obviously, you know, you're around the faith. You're going to hear it pop up in the different scriptures. But the first time I think I really remember hearing this word was in a Rush song. Anybody remember Rush? Harry again, and again, a black man, probably the only black African-American Rush fan in the world, right? Harry, right there. You look a little bit like Getty Lee, though, I got to tell you, with the hair and the, the whole thing going on. All right, all right. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so the, so the meek shall inherit the, the, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth, right? And, and, and it's not the way our culture works. It is the way the kingdom of God works. You see, in the kingdom of God, the ways of God, meekness is not weakness. Our culture generally doesn't embrace humility. Actually, if if you display a lack of promoting yourself, kind of grandstanding about yourself, drawing attention to yourself, it might even considered weakness. Meekness, however, is a lack of uh, pretentiousness. It's, it's, uh, it's meekness suggests a gentleness, a, a self-control. One commentator, really, this is my favorite here, described meekness, biblical, meekness as derived from biblical truth, as strength under control. There you go, strength under control. Meekness is the ability to be strong, but you don't have to prove it, you don't have to show it, you're just strong. It's not how you act, it's who you are. The strongest person is not the person who snaps and loses it to show how strong they are, to prove to themselves that they're not going to take it and they're going to get out there. No, the strongest person is the one who, regardless of circumstances, maintains their composure and manages their strength for the well-being of everybody around them. That's strength, yeah? Strength under control. So in my family, we have two persons that kind of exhibit meekness, I would say more than others in the family, right? And uh, it means a lot. So the first I'll tell you about is uh, my son, Jason. And Jaybird, from early on, just when he was born, he just, he's a strong person. He really is. He's got a certain bone structure. He just, he's just very strong. And you wouldn't really know it until you start moving him around or go to push him or go to handle him. And you'll realize, wow, there's, you know, I remember when we were at Emerald Isle a few years ago and they were playing a chicken game. And was it uh, Chris Butler had, uh, had someone on his, oh, uh, had his son Alec and Jason had Ariana. And Chris is like, yeah, he's going to bow this kid over. And <laughs> Chris is like, Jason didn't move. I mean, they, and water up to his chest. Chris couldn't get him to budge an inch, remember? And Ariana proceeded to pound her brother viciously. <laughs> it, was, it was ugly. Stop, stop. You got to stop doing this. All right, where, where was I? Okay, so, so Jason's young. I mean, at like two years old, he's getting pushed around by his brothers and his sister, by Justin. Justin's two years older than him. Janelle is 25 minutes older than him. And uh, they, they'd knock him around. And I said, one day, he's just going to figure it out, that I, I, I'm stronger than they are. And he did. And he grabbed Janelle, and he shook her like a rag doll all over the place. She let out the primal scream. <laughs> and once he realized that, he's like, I got it. 
And for the next three months, it was a pretty difficult time. And, you know, Janelle and Justin had like these claw marks on their face and bruises on their necks and their arms. Like, it's not us, man. It's not us. We got a crazy little kid. Well, over time, it settled in. And really, when all is said and done, what you have is a, a young man to this day that really is, is very strong, not only physically, but, but, but spiritually. He, he's very well put together. And, and, he, and in our home, he governs himself that way. Jason's everybody's favorite. You know, it really, it's okay to have a favorite in your house. You know, I'm nobody's favorite, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> because he's, he's calm and he's collected and he's resolute and, uh, and he manages his strength very well. Huh? It's a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful way to live your life. Well, meekness is this reality that you're trusting in God and you're stepping away from, you know, just being indulged in yourself, right? And that you're acknowledging that I am not enough. But Jesus in me is. This is meekness. Meekness is our ability to be strong but not be arrogant. And that was Jesus. Jesus characterized characterized himself as meek. I, I think he did here in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. The word there in the Greek, the original language, gentle, is the same word they used in Matthew 5 for meekness. Jesus is saying, I am meek. I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, no matter who you are, no matter how messed up you are, no matter what's happening in your life, come to me. Come to me and join me. Take my yoke. Take my work. This is what I've done for you. Learn from me. Be meekness. Jesus In all his perfection, he was God, fully man and fully God, yet he was willing to be a person, strength under control. He could have been born in a castle, yet he was born in a manger, meekness. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, not a white stallion. Jesus chose to be surrounded by tax collectors, children, sinners, prostitutes, rather than be surrounded by religious leaders and popular and wealthy people of that time in his culture. None of that mattered. None of that self-promoting behavior, self-centered behavior mattered to Jesus. Jesus was living a life that was beautiful in the eyes of his father. He was living a life of meekness, of strength under control. People loved being around Jesus. Kids loved being around him. People who didn't know God in in a particular sense, by the way they were living, uh, loved being around him. Listen, following Jesus, when you follow him, when you trust in him, meekness is a quality that you have. It's not something that you do. The Beatitudes are not a to-do list. It's a who-are-you list. So when you follow and you trust in Jesus and God the Holy Spirit does this supernatural work in you, right? Now you have the capacity, you're filled with the Spirit, so you have the capacity to be meek in a biblical way, a way that transforms life. I told you about two people that have that exhibit meekness in my home. One was Jason and the other is Christy. So the first service, four people said your name, of which one was your mother. This time, two said them and one was your mother. 
So, I don't know. Maybe you're not as meek as you used to be, and I'm just like, you know, with me, you know, you're living out from your old reputation. I told you that you've been kind of getting on me lately, right? Which she has, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when, when I'm, it was one, I wouldn't have described it or articulated it this way, but looking back, yeah, it was one of the things that I was attracted to in Christy, her genuineness and her kind of her consistency, her gentleness, her kind of keeping it together in the midst of, you know, craziness. And sometimes that craziness was just me. Uh, we, we, we go to, um, I'm going to ask her to marry me. And, you know, in, in my culture, you're Italian. To do that without letting the, the, your fiancé see your family, because my family lived in Florida, would be like a disgraziado, we called it, like a disgrace. And so I, I took Christy down. Now, you have to understand, I meet Christy, and I'm telling you, she kind of exhibits meekness now and, and just as much when I first met her. Uh, and my culture, let's just say the people and the women in my culture really were not kind of displaying, um, if you will, a meekness, right? I mean, they were loud. Uh, they were boisterous. They, they were kind of in your face. They'd get on you verbally, and they'd get to you physically if you, cause, if you provoke them to. And... Um, so I bring, and I, just, I just feel to toss this out there, like it's, it's just, I don't know, it's going to bring clarity here, it's going to help you connect this to yourself, and that's what I want, I want you to leave here today just knowing more of God and, 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 and seeing this truth play out in your life, so here we go. So I, I Chris and I now, we get there the first day, and um, you know, it's going pretty okay, again, you know, there's been difficulty with me and my family and my mom, my dad, and I've told you about conflict in my family. Well, as the night comes on, my mom, my dad, start having an issue with another one of my siblings, you know, and, and they start going at it. And so eventually, you know, I, I'm going to now, I'm going to be strong and jump in because I don't like what I'm hearing. So, you know, I'm a strong guy. I'm not just going to take this and listen to this. So I go and I have my say. Well, bam, that's it, right? So now it's just, man, it's going, right? This yelling, this screaming, this ugly stuff being said. And here's Christy like, oh, okay, it's not exactly what I pictured here, right? It gets so bad that, that my, you know, cursing going back and forth. I get thrown out, Christy gets thrown out, Christy, it was just, it was really a bad, bad scene. Cursing, yelling, I'm thrown out, you tell Christy, you get the bleep, bleep, bleep out of my house too, it just was vicious, man. Now I'm leaving, Christy's got the bag, she's leaving, as I'm leaving, I'm lobbing F-bombs back at them, they're cursing back at me, it's just ugly, okay? And, and, and I know I'm like maybe a few weeks away from asking this girl, will you marry me? <laughs> it's not exactly how I planned it. And of course, it's also all incredibly painful. Now, in the midst of all that, I, I'm, I'm just coming apart, man. I'm just coming apart inside. And where is Christy? Meekness, man. Of course, you'd think I'm the strong one. I mean, I'm, I'm yelling. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm this force. I'm a force. I'm yelling. I'm probably physically, uh, at this point, two or three times my regular strength. You'd think, you'd think Christy was the weakest one in the whole place, and in fact, she actually was the strongest. And I love my dad. I love my mom. I, I thank God for them. We are in a really a very, very whole and good relationship uh, at, at this time in our lives, and I'm so thankful for that. It's beyond what I ever could have imagined. And, and here's Christy living out her meekness. And what was that? Strength under control, regardless of what's going on. Right now, I need to be strong for others around me, and I need to be strong to honor my God, and I know that this is how we're going to manage this and see this through. So even though this has happened, I'm not going you know, to look at any offense that I'm carrying. I'm not going to be accusatory. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to right now 
bring, I'm going to be collective, I'm going to be calm, and I'm going to try and bring this to the best place I possibly can, huh? Yeah. And, and, and as bad as it was, I look back now, truly she did it that night. She was, the, she was this, this strength. You see, m- m- when we think of me, Jesus says that biblical strength that Chrissy displayed is going is to, it, it's going to bring victory. It's uh, like, I, I believe with all my heart that what Christy did and kept continually doing over the months and the years helped God be victorious in the relationship with my mother and my father, right? That if not for Christy's meekness, right, that I would not be where I am with my parents. If she was someone else, she might have just fueled that, right? You know, coming from an insecure place, just speaking, you know, divisiveness into it, discouragement into it, and assumption into it, and and who do they think they are? And they said that about me. And Christy's just like, you know what? No, no. I, 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 I'm just going to be, I'm going to, I am not enough. I mean, who in, who in the world would be enough for these crazy people, man? You know, I can't do this, man. No, no, but in Jesus, I'm enough. And I'm going to just stay the course, strength and the control. I, I just want you to see that played out. And now over the years, 24 years later, you know, in the last several years, actually, every year has gotten better and better and better and better. And my children now, all they know is, man, I love my grandparents. My grandparents love us, and we all have a wonderful relationship, right? Which is pretty extraordinary. And that's the power of meekness. That's biblical strength and biblical power. So, you know, most persons in our culture think, you know, meek will get you nothing. With meekness, you inherit nothing. And, and, and it goes against Darwinism. It goes against evolution, survival of the fittest. Do what you have to do for yourself to, to, you know, the strongest survive. It goes against every bit of our culture. Our culture say the strong, the tyrannical, people with the biggest army and the greatest weapons, they're the ones that will inherit the earth. They will win. And Jesus says, no, the meek, blessed are the meek. Blessed, happy are the meek, fortunate are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, I'll stop there. For some of you, perhaps many of you, there's a pause there, and that just simply seems unrealistic. It might be nice, might be okay. Pro- probably in there we can glean out some, some good way of living and thinking, but as a whole, it's really not applicable. It's not reality. Okay, and, and, and I've kind of ventured there myself. It, it, it's, why I, it's how I really look at a lot of stuff from this kind of critical place. And consider this. When Jesus says these words, he's speaking to a group of people who are being ruled and oppressed by the Roman Empire. Was known then and known to this day as the most powerful, the greatest empire in the history of the world. So how would there be a comparison loosely, but perhaps I still think accurately, if you took the United States and China and Russia and put all their power and dominance together and let them hang for 300 years, that would be the Roman Empire back then. And Jesus is telling those people, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And people probably hearing and saying, what a joke, how ridiculous, how illogical. And 2,000 years later, here we are, and no one is following Caesar, and Jesus has billions of followers, huh? Come on. Right? And the cross in Rome still stands, and really, there's just a bunch of nothing statues of Caesar that are good for history and learning and so on and so forth, but nothing inspiring, nothing uplifting, nothing life-changing, right? If anything, I think when we do look at some of their lives, it's kind of appalling, right? But here's Jesus. 
I just wanted to toss that out to you. You know, how incredible this truth is, how magnificent it was when he said that counterculture and how what's come to be 2,000 years later. Blessed, happy are those who are meek, strength under control, because this is going to be the path to triumph. And what Jesus was doing when he was telling those people this, when he was saying, blessed are the meek, they were Jews, and likely, very good chance, they had heard this before. Some might have recollected, maybe not. What Jesus was doing, he was quoting Psalm 37, verse 11, which says, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. So, do you see these words together? The meek shall inherit the earth and enjoy peace and prosperity. So you see meekness and you see peace coming together. And there it is. The fruit of meekness is peace. Peace is the fruit. There's no coincidence here. Hundreds of years before Jesus puts it out on the Sermon on the Mount, before Paul puts it out in his epistle, you see this coming together. That from meekness, living out a, a life of meekness, Strength other control brings peace, peace into our relationships, peace in our marriage, peace at work, peace in our community, peace in our church. God's a great designer. And when his truths come together, it's an incredible thing to see. Biblical strength meekness is victorious because we're not focusing all our attention on the temporary. You kiss a good one. You got to get this. Often, when we are living apart from meekness and we are governing ourselves from our own quote-unquote strength, we're usually deriving our thoughts and actions from temporary things, circumstantial things. They're real, but they're temporary and they're circumstantial. They're real, they're evident, they're going to be painful, but they're still temporary. We're putting our affections and our thoughts and who we are, we're attaching them to things that simply are temporary. But when we turn around and live from meekness, we are now attaching ourselves to the everlasting, to eternity. You see the difference? And there's just such a great strength that is derived from that. It's not circumstantial. It's not fleeting. It's not suspect. It's not inconsistent. It is whole. It is trustworthy. It is true. If we're honest with ourselves, we spend so much time trying to hold on to that which is temporary, and we lose sight of what is eternal. The meek shall inherit the earth. Jesus is telling them that you're going to have a new earth and a new heaven, and it's going to be glorious. And the fruit of meekness is peace. Meekness leads us to the reality of what peace is and to be peace. You can be peace. That word there, peace, in the New Testament... In Galatians 5, is the same word that's used, as I said, to describe... It's the same word that, that's used to describe, uh, actually, um, when people would greet each other. So, um, when the, Jew, the Jews in the time of Jesus spoke Aramaic, a form of Greek, and they would use that same word there when they would greet each other, it's, familiar, it's very familiar or similar to Jewish people's shalom. You've heard shalom before? When Jewish people would say hi and goodbye, they would say shalom. That word means everything is coming together as it should be, right? Shalom. All things are working together. And this happens, and that's peace. I always say peace is not the absence of negative things happening in your life. Peace is not tranquility. Peace is that in spite of the turmoil, in spite of the uncertainty, in spite of the havoc, in spite of all that's going on, 
I am collected and calm and strong. Yes? And I will transcend my circumstances. This is peace. This is true peace. And the way you have that kind of inner peace is by having this outward peace. First, and the outward peace is you having peace with God and then having peace with others. And then as a result of all that, now turning into within yourself, having this peace within yourself. Romans 5 tells us that Jesus made peace with God for us. Jesus has come on a rescue mission. And he says, I'm going to give my life on the cross. I'm going to pay for your sins, for your mistakes, for your mess-ups. I'm going to pay for those things that you did that kind of were apart, really, against God. Now, I'll just apply this to myself, and I'll try and do it quickly. I think in my notes, I kind of was applying it out there. I'm going to just apply it to myself. You take from it what you want. And, and this might, uh, yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. So when I was living in the years coming up to before I came to faith, I was about 28 when I came to faith in Jesus. Um, if you were to ask me along the way, 24, 22, whatever, I think for the most part, I, I, I never felt that I was an atheist. Maybe there was short seasons here and there where I, I think I kind of had landed there. But by and large, I said, yeah, there's a God. And my thought about this was that, okay, yeah, I have issues and I have problems and I'm not good. Uh, but there are others that are worse. And by the way, I would do, because I had encountered God when I was displaced and living out there and people took me in in my late teens, I, I thought Christianity, I've told you before, was a pretty good thing and Christians were a good thing. And so I would do some nice things here and there along the way for people. Not a lot, but, you know, certainly a lot more than most of the people that I hung around with. And so I thought, hey, you know what? Yeah, there's a God. And, and uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm probably not, you know, like, you know, like the wow, godly people or whatever, whatever but, but I'm good, I'm cool, you know? So there's a God, and, and, and I'm cool, I'm good. And God is cool with me, right? I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not spitting in his face, I'm not out there, you know, you know killing people, uh, you know, and I'm good. I'm good with God, I'm cool. And that's how I sort of, you know, function, up until right towards the very end. Something started happening, like, in the months leading up to that moment, you know? Where, you know, I, I, the question came to me is like, well, have you asked God if he thinks you're cool? You know? What would God say? Does he think you're cool with him? Or, or is God cool with you? And really, in leading up to those final weeks, that's where I came in that conversation in so many words was, oh, there is a God. <laughs> I, I, con- I kind of concede slash acknowledge there is a God. And, uh, and the way I'm living is very, very much not just apart from him. Literally, the words that came to me is, I am living against this God. If there is a God, man, I am living entirely against him, entirely in opposition to him. And now I know that he knows that I know. You see where I'm going? <laughs> There's no way to hide here. And then I set out now to make my peace with this God. I came out of myself and just thought of God and thought of others and really began to go in that direction, you know? And are you living a life that's shalom, that's the way things ought to be, or are you living a life apart from God that's not the way things were meant to be for you? As a living, breathing person with the Spirit of God breathed into you, you were made for so much more. You were made for meekness. You were made for strength under control. You were made for the peace of God. 
put your trust in Jesus today. God is calling you to live differently and to live out from who you are, who he's created you to be. If you're ma- think about it, I mean, if you're married and you're in committed relationship, or even if you're in committed relationship and, and, and you want intimacy and you want closeness and, 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 and you want it to be substantial uh, and, and, and your partner, your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend says, yeah, you know what, I'm, yeah, I'm going to, next few weekends, I'm going to just go out and sleep around with you know, two, three, four, no more than five people. We're cool, we're cool, we're cool. We're good with each other. I mean, it, it's, it's not logical, right? There's, there's no logic to it. Oh, you're, you're an employer. You have somebody who works for you, and they come in, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I banged out the cash register, you know, got some nice clothes, and, you know, yeah, it's good, great, yeah. There's all these different ways that we you can violate relationships, and none of it is cool. None of it is good. It's not logical, and therefore it, it doesn't apply to this relationship either. Yeah, God loves you. Yes, his mercy is holy, you know. So is his anger. His love is holy. So is his justice. His peace is holy, and we thank God for that. My point is today, just be open and honest with yourself and and just be sensitive to to what's going on in you and know that what's going on in you is an opportunity for you to begin to live out your life from a place of courage and and intentionality and really to begin to live out a beautiful life in 2019. So God did. God, God changed me. God, Holy Spirit, changed me. I believed in what Jesus did for me. I believe now that I be, and and I always say more than anything else, what I find most valuable from when I came to faith, yes, it's, it's, it's eternity with my Heavenly Father, and I can't really grasp all that that will be, but the Bible tells me it's magnificent. In my days here on earth, wow, just the way I view God, the way I see other people, the way I view myself, which I kind of put all into the context of peace. This has been so valuable to me, to Dave Trelongo, that I have within me this sense, this knowledge, this understanding, this experience with true peace. And then God began to work through that in me, and I have this desire to see others have this peace because I know what it is not to have this peace. I don't just see somebody going through a hard time or a bad time. or I, I see sometimes, I'm like, man, that's brutal. No one, no one should have to live like that. No one was meant to live like that. We were meant to have peace. And there is peace and there is peace in Jesus. Blessed are those who are meek. And the fruit of meekness is peace. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So what Jesus is saying is, he's saying, look, I'm giving you peace. Don't let your heart be filled with anything other than peace. Search your hearts. Search my heart, oh God, if there's any, show me if there's anything in me that would be offensive to you. Jesus is saying, don't settle for anything less. Refuse to be comfortable content with anything less than a heart filled with peace. And Jesus is saying, what the scripture is saying is, that it's who you are. Isn't it, isn't it true that when our hearts are filled with fear and worry, anxiety, resentment, what good comes from that? Isn't it true that divisiveness comes from that? That discouragement comes from that? That depression comes from that? Isn't that so true? 
And Jesus is saying, no, no, just that's not what you were created to be. And we kind of function from that. It's kind of like normal, but it's not. Jesus is so much more. If we now begin to live from our meekness, we begin to live from power under control, from that gentleness. We begin to live outside ourselves, not promoting ourselves, seeking to better ourselves, considering ourselves above others, before others, and certainly God. When we put that way of being aside and trust in God and lean into what Jesus did on the cross and believe in that, then the meekness is in us and it now begins to grow out of us and it is power under control. And the fruit of that way of living brings peace into your relationships and into your life and into your view of this world around you. Now, I'm not telling you, we'll close it out here. I'm not telling you, please don't misunderstand me. I hope I haven't brought you this place of thinking. I'm not asking you or telling you to try harder. I'm not telling you to be better. I didn't try harder and I wasn't necessarily better. What I'm saying is Jesus is enough. You are not enough, but Jesus is enough. That's what I saw that day on the boat in Coney Island. I am not enough, man, you know. But this God, this is enough. This is the way for me to go. Jesus completed the work done on the cross. The Beatitudes is blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Happy are, happy are, happy are, 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 are. You hear that? It's are, not will be, not should be, not can be. It's are. If you believe in Jesus, if you are a follower of Christ, this is who you are. Now live from that truth. Live from that belief. Let that be what's speaking into your mind. Let that be what floods your heart, and there'll be peace that's coming from a gentleness and a strength under control. You hear me? This is who you are as a follower of Jesus. And live from that truth. We can bring peace. I'd like to believe that I am living out my life with the intention of bringing peace. I have conflict. I just, I create conflict. God have mercy on me. I, but I always want peace. I'm always looking for peace. I want peace in my life. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's hard to do. I've come a long way, because I, I would say something usually about people, but I won't. But it can, it's hard. But you know what? It's actually virtually impossible apart from truly trusting and loving God and living from that place of meekness. So look, this is not a simple message, is it? It can be a bit scary, but that's because it really calls us to letting go of our premonitions, of our culture in this area, letting go of, of how we've kind of built ourselves up and, and, and established ourselves. It's really calling us to something greater, though, to take that leap and put aside our culture, put aside what we're used to, put aside what we've established, and say, you know what? I am. Not I will be, not I should be, not I'm not. I am meek it is in me and i want to live out what would my relation with my wife look like if i lived from meekness in my marriage could you imagine if i would show my wife this gentleness this kindness this composure this consistency 
strength under control regardless of what's going on in my marriage. Something that I struggled with massively during the years. Getting better and better every day in every way. That's who we are. Seeing God work through those moments and realizing, wow, it's there. This can be done. And look at the fruit. What comes from that in your relationships? Peace. Peace, right? Right? Today, you can have that peace. Those who are followers of Jesus, settle for nothing less than than peace in your heart. Settle for nothing less than knowing and believing that you are blessed because you are meek, because you know Jesus. It's not a vitamin B shot. He's Jesus, man. For those who came in and you don't have faith in Jesus, you you might not have believed in God. It's, that's not uncommon here. Um, perhaps today is the day that you are being drawn to God, that God, Holy Spirit, that dwells in us, that tells us we are not enough, but Jesus is enough, is revealing to yourself that truth, that you need God, and, uh, and that when you just let go and settle in and consider that you can know God and know God loves you, this is a beautiful thing. And, and when we talk about living from a place of gentleness and, 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 and unselfishness and strength under control and having peace. This is an attractive way to live. It's a beautiful way to live your life. And I think that that's available to you because of what Jesus did. And you, by placing your faith in that same Jesus who gave his life for you, this is who you become. The moment you say, Jesus, I need you. God, forgive me for the way I lived. Kind of like Dave, opposed to you and against you, apart from you, missing the target. But now I'm turning away from that. Like in, with all that I can as a human being, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do 10 minutes from now. I don't know what's going to happen when I walk out there. But right now, God, I want this. I'm, with all this, I'm turning to you, and I'm leaving that way, and I need you. Forgive me. I want to trust in you with all my heart, and I want to believe in Jesus with everything I have. I want peace. Now, if that's you, I want you to consider those thoughts and that talking, that communion with God as the band plays the last song. And, 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 and when it's all said and done, if that's where you are, and I hope it is, you want to take that connection card and check off the box. One side says, my next steps. Check off the box that says, I have started a new relationship with Jesus. Or I've renewed uh, uh, my relationship with Jesus. No more living out from, you know, this, wow, what's going on in my heart? No more living out trying to strive to be something that I'm not and I think I, I'm not enough. What am I doing? I, I'm not enough. But with Jesus, I am enough and my heart's not going to be filled with fear and anxiety. It's going to be filled with hope and, uh, and gladness. You want to check that box off and bring it to the guest services table and they'll have a package for you. And it's got some stuff in there to, you know, to give you traction to keep you going. But um, I'm believing that, that this will speak deeply into your heart. Uh, if you could just get a hold of this, that man, blessed are the meek, uh, strength of the control, and that, the fruit of all that is peace, peace with God, peace with people around me and my family, my friends, my community. And then when all is said and done and I put my head on the pillow at the end of the day, peace, baby. Have a good day.